0: the 1-1 pitch. Swing it along with the left. This is the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. High fly ball. Deep left field. Does it stay
1: fair? You bet. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina.
0: Now, Kevin Wheeler, Mike Claymore, and the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron. A swing and a line drive into center field. Bader dives. He makes the catch. Unbelievable. Wainwright gets out of it. On the Cardinals Radio Network. Welcome into the third and final Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Wasn't a normal off season, Claibs. It wasn't a normal spring training. Certainly wasn't normal for us doing the countdown, only having three of them. But here we are. Opening day is tomorrow. We've got the roster set. Albert's in the lineup. Wayno's on the mound. Yachty's behind the dish. And the Pirates are in town
2: couldn't ask for a better opponent. <laughs>
0: <'Cause>, <laughs> they're definitely I mean, going to be one of the worst with in the, the league Dodgers or somebody like yeah, that.
2: So yeah. it, you know it, it it does look like a, a a perfect scenario for a lot of different reasons. Uh if we get good weather to go along with it, it it's, it could be the start of something really special in St. Louis. Uh you think back this is the 40th anniversary of the 82 team and it, this team kind of reminds me of that because they can play defense. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Their offense was, was good enough to manufacture runs in a huge ballpark. And their pitching kind of made their way through it. And they used a lot of different people along the way. And it's one of those situations where you start to see the moon and stars align. And I, and I like what I, what I witnessed in Florida and how they came together.
0: So we did get some news today. Uh, I was at the ballpark earlier. And the news today is that the fifth starter is Jordan Hicks. And it's not going to be... Your traditional starter. I had a bunch of people on Twitter like, oh, he's going to get hurt. I'm like, it's not going to be no. five or six innings at a time. It's it's going to be like one time through the order, and then we'll see where we are when we know more about Jack Flaherty.
2: Uh, and just talking to him and knowing he had been tr- stretching out a little bit, mm-hmm. I think you'll see him do at least two. Uh, innings, yeah. Yeah, yeah two yeah. innings. And. In- Let's face it, this guy had a really good spring. Yeah. So I'm anxious to see what they do with him, but it, I'm not surprised by it. They floated it out to Ali earlier, and he didn't say much on it, and that gave me the tip-off. And then just talking to Jordan, I felt like something
0: was going on. In an ideal world, you have five normal starters. Mm-hmm. But it's not an ideal world when Jack Flaherty opens the year on the injured list, and you've got four established starters. All of them have the ability to be innings guys, right? I mean, Wayno is 200 innings. You can book it if he's not hurt. Uh, obviously, Mikeless can be that. Hudson's a guy that can eat some innings. Steven Matz can do that too. And you also have a big bullpen here in April. They've got 15 pitchers on and the you staff. Better use them all. And you got three guys in Woodford, Verhagen, and Brooks that are all starters. They've all been starters by trade. So y- you have enough flexibility where you won't burn out your bullpen, and it w- and you'll have some choices behind Hicks based on how the game's going. Right? Mm-hmm. You got a big lead. Well, maybe you're going to go to a, a guy lower on the pen. You're getting your butts kicked. Maybe you're going to go to a guy that's at the back end of the pen. It's a tight game, meaningful opponent, good pitcher on the other side. Maybe you come right in there with one of your better guys, depending on the matchup. I think it just gives them the flexibility to to adjust on the fly.
2: I agree with you. I, I think the other element we need to take into account, and Ali Marmola's made it clear that the the term closer, May not be that. You may be a stopper. Mm -hmm. So we may see a guy in the seventh inning or Mm -hmm. the eighth inning compared to trying to get the final three out.
0: Hey, I want to remind everybody that the Cardinals and the St. Louis Press Club have announced the creation of the Mike Shannon Scholarship for Sports Broadcast Journalism. This $5,000 scholarship will be awarded annually beginning this year to a full-time student pursuing or intending to pursue a degree leading to a career in sports journalism. You can find out more by going to stlpressclub.org slash Mike Shannon. Coming up next, Mike Claiborne's interview with Albert Pujols on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. right, it's the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you, both of us back in St. Louis. Though, a lot of the conversations that Claib's had with people this week took place in Jupiter just before everybody boarded a plane to head back to St. Louis for tomorrow's opening day. And one of those conversations I know we've been looking forward to for a long time, uh, at the very least, looking forward to since last week when the news came through that Albert Pujols was back with the Cardinals Klabe sat down with Albert and talked about his return and how he sees things playing out in his second stint with the Cardinals. Well, Albert
2: Pujols, I said it earlier, welcome back. Uh, What's it been like for you so far since you've been back in camp? Because, as you noticed, not a lot of things have changed about the facility.
3: Yeah. No, it's been fun, you know, just getting to know the guys a little bit more. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of – kind of offer myself to them, to whatever help that I can help them out, you know, to make this organization and this team better. That's what I'm here for. So it's just been fun to get to know a lot of the young guys. Remember, there's only two guys here. Are, they're still here uh, when I left. So, and that's uh, Bueno and, Molly, so, and Molina. So uh, I don't know. I guess it's, you know, just enjoying it and having fun getting myself, getting my work. Every day, and getting myself ready, you know, to be ready for opening day. You remember when you were that young guy here at Roger mm-hmm. Dean? Who took care of you? Oh, poof. That list goes down from Jimmy to Polly to Edgar and Terilla to, to Daryl Kyle, you know, Mike Martini, Mike Morris, Mark McGuire, Bobby Bonilla. I mean, the list can go down, down Ray Lamford, you know, then. You added the guys like Larry Walker, Reggie Sander, Woody Williams later on, you know, in our career, you know, Tino Martinez, you know, just all those young, all those veteran guys, you know, that being in my situation that I'm in right now. And, uh, you know, I was telling the commissioner right now that part of that is kind of those guys helped me, you know, and passed the baton to me. And now it's my job to do the same, making sure that these young players, you know, enjoy and have fun. Um, and learn the game, you know, and play the game the right way. That's a great point you make. What What's changed since when you first
2: broke in, when you played in St. Louis, to now you're back? What's been the biggest thing you've seen change about player approach?
3: Uh, you know, I think it's just, uh, for me, I think the information that you're gathering right now, man, is so incredible, you know, the technology, you know, those are the things that I see a lot of changing in the game. You know, they. A good change, you know, for players who have the success, you know, they need to have. So I think, you know, it's being it's being amazing, you know, because I can say I play in both era. I play in the era, you know, where we didn't have that much stuff, and now the new era. There's the end of my career where you know you have a lot of information. So you know, and you see guys, you know, with the talent, and you know, really spending one or two years in the minor and come up here and break, you know, you know, back. Early, and when I started, you know, you had to go through a minor season. They were where it was really rare to find a guy or two, you know, to get to the big leagues just in one year. So now you're gonna have one huge year or half half of a good year and helping out a ball club to win in the big leagues. So, but uh, it's just fine, it's a good change for baseball. League baseball has done a great job, you know, and I think every organization has improved, whether it's their facility and. Uh, whether it's equipment whatever it is to to provide their players you know the best so they can get their best out of their players
2: you know for for you um, coming into the game and and doing so many things nobody comes in saying i'm going to have 3,000 hits i'm going to hit 600 home runs but when did it start to click in for you when these records and these numbers that you've been able to amass when did that start to really take focus
3: for you yeah that's good because that's a great question because a lot of people think that you think about those things I don't uh, you know I I was just telling commissioner that for me I don't think about those things to tell you the truth you know he asked me about what out of those those record numbers like what satisfies me the more I think the 3,000 hits you know because for a big guy that doesn't get a lot of infield hits you'll be able to get a lot of hits like that but uh, you know, I, I just don't think about it. Maybe next year, if you see me and ask me the same question, I will have more thought about it. But I really try not to focus on those things because it just really is a distraction uh, and, and that takes away for the things that you want to accomplish and do. So uh, this game is not really hard enough. You don't want to really think anything about it, you know, anymore. So I just don't, you know, I just try not to. In, think about those things and focus on the things that I need to do to help my, myself up. Well,
2: you're going to have a lot of time when, when your career is over. A lot of things have happened in your career, so you, you have to set aside a week or two just to think about all the accomplishments. But for you, coming back home, and you said something the other day, you're an emotional guy. And, you know, mm-hmm. we all, when we get older, we get more Whoa, emotional, right? What's that going to be like on opening day when you ride out? Because you've had some great ovations there in a Cardinal
3: uniform and also in a Dodger and Angel uniform, but this is different. Yeah, it is different because now after 10 years, you know, just coming back and wearing the uniform that really you wore for 11 years and the success that I have and being in the clubhouse, now I'm playing for the organization again. So I I don't know, and I don't want to think about it because I also get emotional, but I also want to be surprised at it. You know, I think everybody's really excited as I am and I'm looking forward and there's nothing better that I want than truthfully hopefully be part of a championship ball club again because that's what the city's uh, won. Final
2: question for you. Uh, you never really left St. Louis. You, you made that point with the foundation and your golf tournament and everything. What made you keep your roots in St. Louis? Because you could have gone anywhere of course. And, and done a lot of things, but St. Louis has always been your home.
3: Yeah, the fans and the same way that people treated me, you know, like I felt like I, if I was felt like that I wasn't welcome in St. Louis, like I'm sure I would have been out of there. But the fans, you know, and people, you know, treat me the way that they treat me in 2001 is the same way that they treat me 22 years later. So I don't really, you know, have any reason why to leave and having my foundation there and doing the work that I do through, uh, you know, through the dance central association, I mean it's a gift, and you know thanking God and putting Him first always, and just allow all to have this opportunity man, to reach others. So that's what I felt like I never left, you know, and you know still have my home there, and you know still do an event coming in, and now I'm sure you know being part of my last year uh, there, and when I retire, I'm probably gonna be coming in more often there. Uh, you know, to do events with the foundation. So I would say that, man, just, you know, I never felt like uncomfortable walking around. I never felt like people was running their back. If anything was different, a lot of people were playing for my meal, appreciating, you know, the success that I had. And, you know, and man, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. 2011,
2: after the World Series, you and I stood on that stage and I asked you a question. I said, you think we can do this again soon? And you said, yeah, can we do it again soon? I mean, it's been
3: 11 years since the last time we talked about it, but here we go again. Well, we're going to try. I can tell you that. You know, I think at the end, God already knows the plan, who's going to win. But for, for ourselves, it's just to get ourselves ready and really stay focused on what we need to do and, and not try. Just let things happen. Just do our work. Try to do our work, but not try to chase anything just play baseball and see what happens you know at the end of the year
2: well your work ethic hasn't changed and your smile is still
3: radiant so let's have some fun this year thanks baby appreciate it we will
0: and there you go mike claiborne with albert pools and by the way albert is in the starting lineup for opening day tomorrow when cardinals magazine debuted 30 years ago stan the man graced the cover of an issue that counted 48 pages well a lot has changed since then with a 100 pages of new things to discover about the Cardinals, you're going to love Cardinals Magazine, and you can subscribe at 314-345-9000 or by going to cardinals.com slash magazine. Stick around. When we come back, we've got Mike Claiborne's conversation with the great Rick Humble here on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amran on the Cardinals Radio Network. Continuing on with hour number one of the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. We just heard from future Hall of Famer Albert Pujols. No questions asked. First ballot Hall of Famer Albert Pujols. Well, we get another Hall of Famer in this segment, but this one, this guy's already in. The commish, Rick Humble from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, joined Mike Claiborne to take a look at this upcoming season.
2: Anytime you can hang out with the Hall of Fame writer, Rick Humble, in spring training means it's a good spring for everybody. So how many spring trainings is this for you?
4: This is 45. 45, and they've all had a different flavor to them, I'm sure. Yeah, well, the first... Twenty, we're on the other side of the state. You know, the last twenty-five have been here. It's a different. It's much different over there, as you know. A uh, little, little slower pace, shall we say?
2: Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that because over in St. Pete, when they used to train, you didn't have this complex. You know, the minor leaguers had to work elsewhere, and you had to train elsewhere, and you only had the field to work from. But this, everything's under one roof, and it is a little bit of a more of a busy environment here.
4: Well, in those days, you had a, a complex that you did work out at for a while but they didn't have six fields. And then you went down to the ballpark where Lang Stadium was the home field. And there was like the stadium and it was like a little half field, that was it. So if you wanted to work out, you had to go all the way back out to, you know, shoot eight, 10 miles up to, uh, the one was in Northeast St. Petersburg and one was in Northwest. When the Mets moved, they took the, they took the Mets complex, which was a little bigger. But yeah, you had a lot of standing around. Those drills lasted a really long time.
2: You know, I, I always laugh when I think about spring training, and you've been around Red Shandings when he was around and talking about what spring training was like for him and how they basically had three or four balls for the whole
4: whole spring or as far as the whole day is concerned. They didn't have any of the things we see today. No, and they had, you know, when's the last time you saw sliding pits, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you run that out to some of these kids today, they they'd have no idea what you're talking about. It's like a sandbox, you know?
2: <laughs> All right, so for you, you've had a chance to watch this team. Give me your thoughts on
4: what you've seen so far and what do you like? Well, the defense is, is the same, which means it's great. You know, uh, They have the same eight position players that they had last year, and they had the best defense by far in the league. I'm sure the major leagues. We don't see the American League, but they didn't have any five gold glovers in any of those teams over there, and, and two of them not named Wainwright and Molina. Um, so that's, that's a plus. Um, I think their offense is fine. Um, they've got some reconfiguration now. It looks like Dylan Carlson's going to lead off, and Tommy Edmund's going to hit eighth or ninth. He's hitting ninth in uh, that, last, that last spring game here. Um, so you have uh, – that's okay. Starting pitching, iffy, cer- certainly without Flaherty. I look at the Cardinals' four or 5 that were one out there, and that, it looks like it's okay. But does it match up with the Brewers? Well, not really they uh, their leading contender in a uh, leading competition in the division. It uh, doesn't match up with some of the other teams too, but they don't play with those other teams very much. Been matching up with the Brewers is important. Uh, bullpen has some strong arms. D- just the roles you gotta figure out, I guess, who, who's where. So they should have a good team. Uh, the D.H.'s, you have two new D.H.'s. Well, they're all new D.H.'s in the National League, but Albert and Corey Dickerson. Um, I, I'm a little concerned that of the five bench players, two of them are DHs, you know. Basically, Corey can play the outfield a little bit, but his arm is not good. So that just leaves you Newt Bar, Kisner, and Sosa on the bench, which it, it's okay defensively. Offensively, don't really know.
2: You know, but with that said, you look at... Uh How the game is played now with the DH, you don't have to pinch hit for the pitcher late. Uh, If you're looking for an individual matchup, that's one thing, but overall, we're gonna probably see that same eight or nine out there every day with regard to not having to pinch hit. So the question is, how do those guys on the bench
4: get at bats at this time of the year? I'd sign the manager to get them at least a game a week, you know, in Kisner's case, the manager's talking as if he's going to get more than that. He, he, he started 43 games last year, and Ali Marmol says he's going to start more than that. Well, that means we're talking 50 games. That means two games a week, and Yadi four or five, depending on what kind of week it is. Nupar, Nupar's a guy you're going to have to slot in there. Uh, you could DH him maybe once in a while. Otherwise, he, he could play left or right. I don't think I like him in center, but I, he could be a good fourth outfielder for you, and Sosa could get a game a week at short, maybe a game a week at second, you know, uh, and but that's, you know, it's on matchups and the manager's trying to figure out how, how tired his, his, his players are. The uh, Whitey Herzog and La always told me that you, you give a guy a day of rest one day before he really needs it. You know, you, you, you can see him getting tired, but don't push him to the max, just get him that day off when he's when he's still got 20 or 30% left, don't give him when he's got nothing left. Yeah, you know? Because it's harder for him to recover. Yeah. Uh, and, and so that's that's on Ali Marmol, and, and I'm, that's, that's one of the jobs of managing. For you watching the DH
2: be implemented, how much does that change the strategy of how we watch baseball in the National League? Because, you know, we see it when interleague play, but we don't really have a feel
4: for it as much as we would because now we're going to see it every day. Well... You're going to have to go to Webster's Dictionary to see what a bunt is, you know, a bunt. You know, people say, well, bunt, "What bunt, what does that mean, bunt? Well, it, it used to be trying to move a runner over and giving yourself it out, but giving a runner to another base. That's not going to happen. It, there'll be no pitchers sacrificing, not many players sacrificing. You might still see a bunt. The only time you're going to see it, okay, is in the bottom of the 10th inning and the score is tied. With the man or with the ghost runner on second base, then you could try to bunt him to third. But you won't see more than ten bunts, for sacrifices per team per year, and that's a big time strategy. Uh, I mean, now they they work on bunt defenses and stuff down here, but I, I would think not as much as before.
2: Yeah, that's a great point you make, um, because we always think about pitchers working on bunting. There's a handful of guys that can bunt, but not as many. What about base running? I mean, do you think we'll see more big ball compared to small
4: ball? The Cardinals are a little different because they can play some small ball uh, in that some of their big players are really good base runners, like Goldschmidt is a really good base runner.
2: See, I'm kind of thinking that we're going to see, instead of stealing bases, have the ability to go first or third on something out of the infield. Uh, you mentioned Goldschmidt. I think this team has a, a bunch of good, very good base runners, not necessarily base
4: stealers. Right. Edmund probably is the only base stealer that that they have, and they kind of choreograph his too. He just doesn't have Vince Coleman, Card Blanche, where he, he takes off and goes. You know, uh, uh, but he can still. We sold 30 last year. If he gets on enough. And he will be hitting down on the order, so maybe that'll cut down on a little bit. But he could get 25 or 30. <clears throat> but as you say, Pop Warner was really aggressive in spring training, trying to score guys from third base on infield grounders, trying to score them from second on hits to the outfield, just to to see, you know, what he what they can do. He has a pretty good idea, and that's base running is more important than base stealing. Yes, base stealing uh, for some reason even though the good teams are successful 80 to 85 percent of the time managers seem to fear that 10 or 15 percent that they're not well when you're running the bases you got a pretty good idea the guy's going to score 95 percent of the time if you send him
2: final question for rick homo hall of fame writer for the st louis post
4: dispatch um final prediction where do the cardinals go and where do they finish i see them winning 90 games they won 90 last year uh it took 17 in a row to get there but um I like them better than the Brewers. Not in the rotation, and maybe not in the bullpen, if, if Devin Williams is okay to go with Hader again. That's, that's too much there. <laughs> uh, but the Brewers lineup is pretty sketchy, and the Avaciel Garcia is, is, is gone to the, to, uh, the Marlins now. Uh, a lot of that depends on Yelich, But I'm going to say the Cardinals can win the division, and I don't know how far they advance in the postseason because then their rotation matches up not as well against some of the other clubs might be in there, Dodgers, Mets maybe, um, teams like that, uh, Giants maybe. So its I can see them in the playoffs. I do not see them as a World Series winner. I do see them as a possibility to get to a championship series, but I don't see them as the best team in the league. Commissioner, as always, it's great to visit with you. Let's have a fun season this year
2: and I hope you're wrong about postseason and we can go deeper in the postseason.
4: Well, I'd like to see that, too. I just They're going to have to get a big help from Flaherty, though, before that can happen.
0: And again, that's the Hall of Famer Rick Hummel from the Post-Dispatch with our very own Mike Claiborne. 2021 marked the 50th and final season of Mike Shannon's legendary career in the broadcast booth, and on Sunday, April 10th, when the Cardinals host the Pirates, 25,000 fans ages 16 and older will take home a one-of-a-kind Mike Shannon bobblehead thanks to Philip 66. Get your tickets at cardinals.com slash promotions. Hang tight we've got more season preview for you coming up next. Katie Wu of The Athletic joins Mike Claiborne for a conversation when we return on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here on opening day eve. And of course, the theme of tonight's show is previewing the 2022 season. We've already heard from Albert Pujols and Rick Hummel this hour. And for this segment, Mike Claiborne caught up with Katie Wu of The Athletic to talk about what things have looked like here in the short spring and what good expectations may be for the upcoming season.
2: Well, Katie Wu of The Athletic is with us today. And Katie, first of all, it's been an interesting spring, a short spring. Give me your thoughts on what you've had a chance to see.
5: Yeah, Claves, it has been a very short, truncated, unorthodox spring, but I think it's really put the pressure on Ollie Marmel to kind of figure out in such a short notice what his team is going to look like. And when you couple that with all of the – Moves they made with Corey Dickerson, Albert Pools, of course, and pitching additions. It's been a very accelerated spring, but I think the Cardinals really like where they're looking heading into opening day at Busch Stadium.
2: So do you like where they're headed? I mean, they didn't make a lot of changes. They had to deal with the DH. Some pitching concerns for sure that we'll get into, but what do you think of them?
5: You know, we'll, we'll start with the positives, right? I think that this is the best defense in baseball. I mean, you have five returning gold glovers. The Cardinals defense has always been so fundamentally sound. And I like the offense. I, I like Dylan Carlson. I think he's poised for a big year. Um, obviously, you're expecting good things from Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arnauto, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader finishes his year. Very encouraging. Paul DeYoung has looked great this spring. It's been a huge thing for him coming into the spring and being able to perform up to expectations when that starting shortstop roll back. But I've, again, Claves, I feel like we're kind of having a deja vu of last offseason. Um, I think there's concerns about the pitching, obviously, uh, and, you know, the, the cliché is you can never have enough starting pitching, right? Um, the Cardinals have not really adapted that approach. I mean, they're opening, they're going to go open the season with four true starters. Jack Flaherty, there's still a little bit of unclarity on where he is um, in this whole rehab process. But I think the only concern for the Cardinals right now is their pitching depth, who is going to be that fifth starter. How, what can they expect from these four guys, two of which are coming back from pretty substantial injuries in Miles Michaelis and Dakota Hudson? There's a lot of question marks in the starting rotation to start the season, and that's not unfamiliar territory for the Cardinals at all. You
2: know, innings eating is what I think we're looking for here. You touched on two guys. We don't know how far they can go. They go out and get some veteran players who haven't pitched in the major leagues for a while, so there's a lot of things that still need to come together.
5: Yeah, and I, I think if you're looking for guys that are going to eat innings, I think the Cardinals are really going to rely on Miles Michaelis, maybe a little bit more than they intended to start the year, but this is a guy, you know, he's penciled in to be their number two starter to open the season. Um, he's built up to start. He's confident he, that he'll be able to go 100 pitches for his first start of the season, and he feels really stretched out. They're going to need Miles Michaelis. They're going to need Stephen Matz. They're going to, of course, need Adam Wainwright. And Dakota Hudson, coming back from Tommy John surgery, you know, we talked to Dakota last week, and he said that he doesn't expect to be under any kind of pitching limitations either, so to have four sure starters where you can really need to rely on to go deep into ball games, especially in such a condensed spring isn't exactly maybe the most the best method for success but it's where the Cardinals find themselves right now and I feel like guys like Miles and Dakota are really going to have to step up.
2: Then there's the fifth spot. Um, we've seen a lot of different things take place in the spring as far as p- people who audition. Do the Cardinals have to get really creative here where is this a role where maybe Jordan Hicks is part of that spot? as far as who starts, and and maybe it's three guys that go, maybe it's four guys that go, but I think we see a combination. Creativity is going to be important here.
5: Absolutely. I think that one unique thing about the situation and not knowing exactly who or how your fifth starter is going to work out is it gives a lot of room for interpretation. I mean, you don't have to have a designated fifth starter. You don't have to decide just Drew Verhagen or just Jake Woodford. You don't have to decide to go with one guy. You can do piggybacks. You can do openers. You can utilize the bullpen with a guy like Jordan Hicks or even Ryan Helsley, I think, could be used as an opener. There's lots of different options. I think the Cardinals will delay making a major decision on that fifth starter until there's more answers on when they can expect Jack Flaherty to be back or how long he'll be out um, but for now it looks like they're going to a trial by committee approach and maybe you know Drew Verhagen starts one game and the next the next fifth starter is Jake Woodford maybe there's a little bit of a variation there I don't think we'll see one set guy I think there will be a lot of creativity used in that role.
2: Who's caught your eye? You mentioned Paul DeYoung in the great spring that he had. Anybody else, maybe a newcomer that you've seen that maybe is not on the club now but might end up being in St. Louis before you know it?
5: I think Brendan Donovan. I think Brendan Donovan had a great spring. He's so versatile, left-handed bat, can play the infield, can play the outfield, even has a first base glove. I really liked his spring campaign. I think the Cardinals would prefer to get him a little bit more experience, a little bit more repetition, consistency offensively at the plate. He'll get that in AAA Memphis, but I'm expecting Brendan Donovan to be up at the club some point this season. I mean, what he was able to do this spring, the amount of opportunities he was getting in in real-time game action, I think says a lot about how the Cardinals feel about him as a player. So it wouldn't surprise me at all to see him up at any point during the season.
2: You know, with the expanded rosters, do you feel like their guys still fighting for a job, even though they may be on the roster? In St. Louis, there's obviously some selections in Memphis. Do you think they'll be fighting for a job, certainly until we get to May?
5: think so. I think with the expanded rosters, April can almost be considered a little bit of an extended trial, which is nice for these guys. I mean, I think we kind of underestimate, as, as just an industry, how hard a uh, shortened spring can be. I mean, I'm not expecting any great caliber of play from any 30 teams for the first couple weeks of the season, just as guys get acclimated to real game time action and, and having, I know for the Cardinals this last week has been a little bit difficult because of the weather. They still haven't been able to get a lot of real game action. So I think that is a good way to look at these expanded rosters in April as guys still continuing to audition for spots throughout the season
2: let's say god forbid the Cardinals spring a leak and we'll start with pitching do you have your eye on anyone or is there anybody out there that you might think about could be a good fit here in the event if they have to make a move
5: um, you know, I would say before, like before camp started, there were a bunch of starters that made sense. However, most of them have been traded or locked up in free agency contracts. I, I think the Cardinals are really going to rely once again on their on their depth. Um, from a pitching perspective, they are a little bit lacking. There are some some names in AAA. You know, top pitching prospect Matthew Liberatore. If he can get a little bit better command and a little bit better control, I'd expect him up by the summertime. Um, but I think that's again where the Cardinals find their possible kryptonite is with pitching depth. They really like their bullpen. They like Jordan Hicks. They like Ryan Helsley. Wesley, Cabrera, Giovanni Gallegos, they've all looked great this season. Cody Whitley's had a good spring. They like what they have from a relief standpoint, and their hope is if, if something, like you said, springs a leak from starting pitching perspective, their bullpen arms can o- cover for a couple of weeks. I really think the X factor of this team will determine, will be determining when Jack Flaherty comes back and what they can expect from him. He, obviously, this is a completely different team, and you have two ace caliber pitchers and Adam Wainwright and Jack Flaherty, and I think that they'll, uh, they'll you know, be optimistic that he's not out for too much longer.
2: All right, give me a prediction on uh, where the Cardinals finish and how far do they go? Because I've already put them in postseason, so how far do they go?
5: But, you know what, I'm surprised because no shade at my publication, but the Cardinals uh, were pretty low on our preseason power rankings. Uh, some of, They didn't even crack the top 15 from a lot of writers, and I thought that was – Not right. Um, I think the Cardinals win the division. I think it goes down to September, of course. Hopefully it doesn't require another 17-game winning streak for them to get there. Um, But I think they win the division, and I think this could be a World Series team if they make a couple more additions and people stay healthy. Um, But for sure, postseason team 100%. A
2: couple more additions. That's what I think everybody's counting on. I I think as you start the season, I always tell people what you see now is what you won't see in September. Mm -hmm. So there are some additions out there that certainly this team could probably use.
5: Absolutely, and I think through April, May, and June, the Cardinals front office will evaluate what they can do at the trade deadline to boost their club. One thing we know, with Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols' last year, potentially Adam Wainwright's last year, this is not a front office that's going to just roll over and be okay with not making the postseason. I think that John Mosaic will do everything he possibly can to make this a postseason caliber club, and around July he'll evaluate what steps need to be taken.
2: Katie Wu of The Athletic, we love your work, and we look forward to reading you during the course of the season. Have fun. Thanks, Claps.
0: And again, that's Mike Claiborne with Katie Wu of The Athletic. 2022 theme tickets are on sale now. They feature new themes and returning favorites, including Friends Night, Star Wars Night, Margaritaville Night, Grateful Dead Night, and a whole lot more than that as well. For details and a full list of dates, visit Cardinals.com/slash theme. Stick around. We got a little bit more work to do this hour. We're going to introduce you to someone who's a little bit new to the Cardinals beat. Daniel Guerrero has joined the post dispatch. He'll be covering the Cardinals farm system this year. His conversation with Mike Claiborne coming up next. Here on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. of our number one here on the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron here on the cardinals radio network mike claiborne and kevin wheeler with you here tag teaming things a little bit uh claves of course doing a lot of the interviews in jupiter before everybody headed back up north for tomorrow's opening day and of course i'm holding down the fort here in our st louis studios now, before everybody departed claves had a chance to sit down with a new guy on the cardinals beat this year it's daniel guerrero of the st louis post-dispatch
2: Well, a newcomer to the Cardinal B for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch is Daniel Guerrero, who's going to be covering basically the future of the Cardinals. So talk a little bit about your situation, your job, and what we can expect.
6: Yeah, so I'm joining uh, the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I'm their new Cardinals minor league writer. Um, In this role, I'm going to be covering, you know, all four levels of prospects from triple A to low A and then obviously when we get to the draft and we get to rookie ball stuff like that and offseason you know guys who play in the winter leagues um, I'll be focusing mainly on features news um, some updates on guys around the you know around the minor league camps minor league affiliates
2: you know this that role itself has taken on a different status with regard to how fans follow the game so give me an idea of what you had a chance to see so far in this spring as far as some of the prospects I read some of your work so far so give me an idea of people you want to keep an eye on.
6: Yeah, I mean, there was a lot to see as my first spring training and so much action on the backfields out there. Uh, the guy that comes out to mind, uh, Gordon Grosseffo, he's a right handed pitcher. He was kind of labeled the sensation of camp. He showed up with a fastball that touched 100 and he could control it. Um, he, you know, showed some of that stuff in some backfield games. He got to pitch to some major league guys the other day. Um, and then some of the other top guys like Joshua Baez. I mean, he won't be starting the season uh, with Loe He'll be in continued spring training, and um, like some coaches I've talked to about him, they say he's got all five tools. He can run, hit, throw, hit for power, hit for contact. He can field, and um, he's a center fielder, and he'll be, you know, a big part of this future.
2: You know, we talk so much about the future of the organization. Is there one position, from what you've been able to say, is pretty good as far as growth and maybe we're stocked there, so to say?
6: Uh, definitely with the pitching um, I mean this I and mean we saw last year they went with Michael McGreevy in the first round we've seen um, some other pitchers come up through this organization and that that's kind of what I saw out there this spring um, there are a lot of arms out there and there's a lot of depth in that position what's the one position the Cardinals might need to work on trying to bolster um, I'd probably say shortstop just because uh, from like the international signing stuff and the draft I mean uh, there's that's something that you know might have been not I don't want to say overlooked but just that there's not a whole lot of depth at um from what I've seen on the backfields and um yeah I mean I, I just say it short I mean there's 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 definitely some some depth that's needed there the players
2: association and the owners got together about the international draft how important is that going to be down the road
6: I think that's going to be very important just because, I mean, typically we've seen the international signing period and that's where we see all the guys from the Dominican Republic, from Cuba, from um, now a- I mean, Asian countries that sign, I mean, pro contracts and they come up through the system and that, that's all just going to be changed just because, um, you know, now we have a draft. Now there there could be a draft and uh, it's just the system's just going to be a, a little bit different.
2: For you having a chance to cover all four minor league operations,
6: uh Which one do you think has the most talent from what you see right now? Probably Memphis, just because there are a lot of guys there. I mean, it's AAA, so they're Mm -hmm. guys who you're going to see, whether it's this year or next year. I mean, and there's, you know, we did a minor league guide of, you know, top prospects to watch, and by far that had the most prospects listed on there. Well, when you talk about the prospects – uh, one
2: of the things we've noticed about the Cardinals, they fast-track guys. So for you, who's the one person that you're going to keep an even closer eye on, uh, not just because of what you saw here, but what you've seen and been able to read about and, and obviously hear from scouts and coaches about?
6: Um, I think the obvious one is Matthew Libertor. I mean, he, the Cardinals, um, as it stands on the Major League Club, have an open spot for that fifth man in the rotation because Jack Flaherty's out. Do and... you think he's ready, though? Uh, I mean, he could be. Uh, we saw him in some great fruit League games, and I mean, he could definitely make make his debut this year.
2: All right. So, how much traveling will you end up having to do? Let's see: Memphis, Peoria, Springfield, Palm Beach. Those aren't bad cities.
6: No, not bad at all. And you know, hopefully, I get to stay a little bit, a little bit extra in those cities. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll try to make it out to the affiliates, you know, when I can, and um, be able to bring some exciting content to Cardinals Nation.
2: Daniel Guerrero, he's the new guy on the block, and uh, good luck to you, sir, and welcome to St.
6: Louis. All right, thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: And again, that's Mike Claiborne with Daniel Guerrero of the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. The Cardinals Care Ted Savage RBI Golf Classic is back at Norwood Hills Country Club coming up on Monday, May 2nd, so you can enjoy a day of golf and mingle with Cardinals celebrities all while raising money for charity. You can register for a celebrity fivesome or a traditional foursome right now by visiting cardinals.com golf. Stick around, we got a busy second hour coming your way, including conversations with Cardinals broadcaster Rick Horton and Polo Asensio. Hang tight, we're having a Good time here on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. All right, kicking off hour number two here on the Countdown to Opening Day show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne, Kevin Wheeler with you here. Had a great first hour. We've got conversations uh between Claybs and Ricky Horton. Polo Asensio coming up. Uh Klabes, of course, tomorrow's opening day, and we've had a peek at what looks like is going to be the opening day lineup. And I love the idea of Dylan Carlson at the top, and I might like it even more just because you've got the two speed guys at eight, nine, if things go the way they looked the other day with Bader and Edmond, where they can be free to run, they can be free to take some chances, and then that t- leads you right into Dylan and Goldie and, and O'Neill and Arenado. I, I, I'm really interested to see how this plays. I
2: really like the setup. Here's what I've tried to tell people we as Cardinal fans have always been accustomed to having a speed guy lead off, yeah, steal the base. Yeah. Stolen bases aren't emphasized as much as they used to be. Going first to third has more of an impact. Yeah. One of the things about Carlson that, that was, you noticed early in the spring, he has a better understanding of the strike zone. Mm-hmm. He has the ability to get on base. Mm-hmm. He'll take a walk. He mm-hmm. can hit for power. He can find the gap. He runs well. So I, I look at him as being an ideal guy for the lineup that, that's going to be right behind him mm-hmm. and certainly the ones in front of him.
0: And he's a guy, claims, that can do some damage. It's nice to have Goldie and O'Neal and Arenado behind him because teams have to be aggressive, and you combine that with a good eye at the plate gives him a chance to put up some numbers.
2: I think he's going to have a big year, especially if those guys, the eight and nine guys, get on base and the base-stealing element comes into play. Guess what? Welcome to Mr. Fastball. My man. You'll see a whole bunch of them.
0: He might drive in 80 runs as a leadoff man. It would would not be surprising. (laughs) Trust me. Uh, Cardinals Hall of Fame Museum is the official home of Cardinals history. And for fans that want to be a part of one of the greatest sports collections in the world, a museum membership is the way to go. For more information and to join, go to cardinals.com slash membership. And I want to give you one more quick reminder about the Mike Shannon Scholarship Fund. So the Cardinals and the St. Louis Press Club announced in February the creation of the Mike Shannon Scholarship for Sports Broadcast Journalism. So this will be a $5,000 scholarship that's awarded every single year beginning this year to full-time students that are going to pursue a degree leading to a career in sports journalism. So uh, obviously that's a great thing and of course preference will be given to students from the St. Louis and the bi-state metropolitan area here. So Really cool opportunity. You can find out a whole lot more about it by going to stlpressclub.org slash Mike Shannon. That's stlpressclub.org slash Mike Shannon. Stick around. Rick Horton and Mike Claiborne talk things over next here on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Great to have you with us here on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network. And the countdown is now down to one because, of course, opening day is coming up tomorrow at Busch Stadium with Adam Wainwright starting for the Cardinals and J.T. Brubaker getting the start for the Pirates. Now, of course, with tomorrow being opening day, we continue with the theme of previewing the 2022 season. And that's exactly what Mike Claiborne did with Rick Horton just before everybody packed up and came back from Jupiter.
2: Well, as we wind out another spring training with the Cardinals, it's always great to visit with Ricky Horton, who is now, as I read somewhere, you're full-time. I thought you were always
1: full-time. Well, I was full-time doing something, but now I'll be full-time on the radio side, excited about that, Claibs, and uh, really looking forward to uh, just another – full year of uh, Cardinal baseball. I know fans are as well. And it'd be, of course, great to have uh, all the fans at the ballpark expecting 3 million uh, folks to show up. And I think they're going to like this team. I think they're going to like it for a lot
2: of reasons. Uh, I like the defense for sure. Pitching, I think it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, but what's not to like about Arnato, Goldschmidt, Albert back? yadi's final year there's so many things so many su- small subsets that we can talk about
1: well i think they really have a, a lineup that i think people will like and i think it'll uh, scare the other team i mean you got albert of course is uh his, his best years are, are, are perhaps behind him but he's still albert and he stands in the box uh he's going to be a threat and of course goldschmidt had a terrific spring training uh, as did arenado and uh, dylan carlson and what, what i really like is the young outfielders all three of them, I just think, are acting like they belong, and there's no looking over their shoulders. They're going to be uh, be forces, I think. O'Neill's just going to keep getting better. I feel the same about Bader and Carlson.
2: You know, when we talk about Carlson, you know, he was the only guy that didn't win a gold glove, and I think he has the potential to win as many
1: as the other two combined. Of course, Cardinal fans know how important defense is. We can go back uh, several generations and, and Cardinal fans can point out the great defensive teams that the Cardinals have had. And the the fact that that helped the teams win series and games and, and uh, championships. And I mean, defense does matter. Of course, the pitching, as you mentioned, has to go along with it. A lot of well, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, comments about several of the pitchers that we just, you know, didn't get a chance to see a lot. That's one thing about a shortened spring training. You're only going to see a guy once or twice, and you think, well, is Miles Michaelis sound? I think so. Is Dakota Hudson sound? I think so. Is Verhagen and Brooks going to help you? I think so. But it hasn't been really enough reps to know with a pitcher, and you know, season's a long time, so you're going to need some depth there. Uh, but there's, uh, you know, there's certainly some good young arms that we saw in spring training, Palante and uh, uh, Connor. Thomas I really liked him and just several young guys I think aren't far away.
2: I would agree with you on Pelante and Thomas to the point where Pelante makes makes the ball club and this is a guy that most of us had never heard of before we saw him take the mound here in the spring.
1: Absolutely true. He's a name that, you know, was kind of out there and then he just kept getting better and better and he came quickly and and I think he deserved it. Every time we saw him uh, pitch in the spring, He showed that he looked like he belonged. His stuff was plus. He had a lot of swing and miss potential. And he's also a guy that started so... He could be a two, three, four-inning bridge guy, and who knows? Maybe he starts. At, you know, the kind of the fifth starter, as uh, as Ali Marmol has said. It, you know, it's kind of uh, in a work in progress, and they're not He wasn't really going to even announce it until sometime uh, during the first week of uh, of the season that we're we're dealing with. So he, it, it's not a it's not a done deal yet. There's a lot of options there, but you know, one thing about having the two extra pitchers for the month of April, you can kind of mix and match a little bit. You know,
2: uh, you mentioned options, and I really think that there are more options than you think we haven't even talked about Jordan Hicks and the fact that we've seen him go a couple of innings down here and he wants to stretch out maybe he's an opener I mean you have so many options for that fifth spot that I don't know if we'll ever find out until the night before the fifth start is supposed to go
1: maybe true and, and Jordan's certainly the guy that I've been <clears> most <throat> impressed with in terms of you know not knowing you know where, where he's going to be after after coming back from being hurt and he was electric Claves. we yeah. saw him pitch a couple of times the slider was sharp, the fastball you know the typical one hundred, but it wasn't I mean it was hundred with hundred with life and with sink and uh he just looked. Composed on the mound, he was. Uh, he, he looked like he fully was attacking the strike zone. There was no ball one, ball two. I mean, he was he was on it, and if he can maintain that same delivery He's starting his hands a little different than he than he did uh the last time we saw him it's, they're back to being uh he's back to being set at the belt so his hands are lower and i just think it fits better maybe with his delivery uh and so i'm i'm looking forward to jordan i would not be against seeing him in the opener role and if he gets stretched out go four five six of course uh in today's game four five six is enough for a starter
2: quality start as we like to say hey um How much stock do you put in a guy swinging the bat in spring training? I mean, because some of these numbers can be very gaudy, but then when you say, well, who is he facing – and you have to think about, well, maybe he wasn't as effective as we think he is. So how much stock do you put in it?
1: Well, I think the numbers are, are more true than they used to be because there was a time in spring training where guys were working on things and they weren't quite you know, up to speed yet. But I, I was impressed by all of the teams that we saw, the pitchers and the players, for that matter, all of them being game ready when the game started. And you know, that's, that's after no communication with your team, with your trainers, with your strength guy, with your manager, with your coaches. They found ways to be... Ready and not let the lockout, you know, hurt themselves. And 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 if they had, they would have only been hurting themselves. Frankly, I mean, you, you should come ready. But you know, there was no kind of easing into spring training. The game started really at full speed. And so if you're if you're hitting against pitchers, you're not hitting against a guy that's just flipping it up there. He, he's he's uh, trying to be in in midseason form. So I think the numbers you know, you'd rather have him than not. Let's put it that way. A guy like Tommy Edmonds struggled in spring training, but, you know, there's also times where you struggle, you're just not quite there, and then you find the key to to open that lock and you end up, you know, getting four hits on opening day. So that could happen.
2: All right, give me one thing that fans should start to quietly pay attention to as we start the season that you picked up down here on what's going to make or perhaps break this team.
1: Well, I think I think the thing you have to pay attention to is the health of the pitchers. You know, we 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 uh, everybody's going to get hurt this year. It, it, and I'm afraid that may happen. And so you want to be healthier than the other guys. So, I think you're going to you have to pay attention to the fact that don't be surprised if you have you know the piggyback situation for example where you'll have maybe Jake Woodford throw three innings in a game and then have you know McFarland pitch an inning in the middle of the game flip the order and then go back to kind of the the, the, the lefty righty thing in in terms of maximizing the extra pitchers you have because only other than Adam Wainwright and then maybe Michaelis nobody's throwing six seven eight innings here at the start of the season those guys might be able to do that uh, and maybe Matt's but you know the reality is you you want to be able to mix and match and and Ali Marmol told telling us uh, he actually talked one day about the San Francisco Giants the way they won and they did it by having a full roster that was kind of in and out and and they played some matchups and uh, they found ways to win of course it was pretty impressive what they did last year uh, I don't think this team is really that kind of team to do that because Goldschmidt's going to play and Arenado's going to play you're not going to take out your outfielders so I, and you're not going to take out Yachty. so I think you know I think that is probably not what he's going to do with the players. But with the pitchers, I think he will, because you've got enough of them. So don't expect the typical uh, starter to go six, seven, eight in the beginning of the year anyway. And we'll see how it unfolds.
2: I'm looking forward to this season, looking forward to having fun with you. And uh, let's get this thing off on the right foot.
0: We're ready, Claves. Let's go. Always great to hear from Rick Horton and, of course, Mike Claiborne leading the conversation here on the countdown. And with the season starting up tomorrow, I want to remind you that you should probably download the MLB app. It is the number one app for live baseball. Stick around. We're going to hear a little bit more from another Cardinals broadcaster back for another year with his partner, Benji Molina. Polo Asensio talks to Mike Claiborne when we return on the countdown to opening day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals radio network. We're sticking with the preview theme here tonight on the Countdown to Opening Day Show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne and Kevin Wheeler with you here. Looking ahead to the 2022 season with all of our guests tonight. Next up on the list, one of my favorites. Love the energy, love the enthusiasm, and just love the all around knowledge that Polo Asensio and his partner Benji Molina bring to the broadcast booth on 880 La Tremenda. That is all of the home games in Spanish uh, throughout the course of the year. And not only are they great in that role, but but they're just great guys in general. And Claves caught up with Polo right at the end of the spring. Well,
2: Polo Asenzio has had a chance to take in spring training. He's our Spanish broadcaster along with Benji Molina. So, first of all, it's good to see you. Thank you. Secondly, give me your thoughts on what you've seen so far in the spring.
7: I've seen a loose bunch. From the minute I got here, first of all, thanks again, uh, Mike, for, for giving me a chance uh, to talk to you and everybody's everybody's listening. Um, from the minute I walked in here, it seemed a little different, you know. It's like uh, the team was loose. The team was, was was happy. Not that they were not happy before. Well,
2: they were happy to see you. And, and, and Albert helped also. Yeah,
7: you know. Yeah, when I got here, and then two days later, Albert shows up. That I like, hey, so did you have him in your bag? I'm like, no, I don't. I, I, I don't make that kind of money to have a carry on, or you know, have a, an extra baggage or to check in. But but uh, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. I've seen a, a good group. I've seen uh Oliver Marmol a very young manager yes we all know that but he 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 plays the part and not only plays it I think he is doing a good job as a manager the first you know month of of, of let's say the season for him and the players seem to like him I think they do like him they believe in what he is telling them and I think something very important Mike and, and I'm sure you've seen it he lets them do what they think it's needed of them to get better for the season, especially this offseason was really, really weird. But now uh, I see a team ready to go and, and claim the, the central again.
2: You know, you make an interesting point about them liking him. I think it certainly helps him that he was a first-base coach and a bench coach, so he knows most of these guys. The communication line changes a little bit, but I think the familiarity that
7: he has with these guys, I think, is a real plus for him. It is a plus, especially for the Latino players, Mm -hmm. because now they have somebody who can speak their language. Even though he told me, hey, Polo, uh, when, when the microphone is on or the camera is on, I, I, I'm a little, my Spanish is a little iffy. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about it. You know, believe me, when, I, when, when, the, when the mic was on a few years ago, my English was really iffy, I'm not saying it's perfect, but I told him, Let, let's work on it, Let, let's help. Uh, I, I'll help you with your Spanish, if you help me with a few interviews here and there. And we agreed. So, you know, the guy, he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. And the Latino players really enjoy having him, You know, talking to him, learning from him. And the other thing is very important, he is also learning from them. Even though, like you said, he's been with the Cardinals for a long time, all of his professional uh, uh, life, but the guy, he's open to hear from everybody. Again, I'm not saying that whoever was here before and before and before were not, but what I see now is somebody who is embracing his role as as a leader, and he's liking it, and more importantly, the guys see him as a leader, and they like it too.
2: Well, you, you touched on something, the Latino players can relate to them and if you're going to have a couple of guys that can give you advice Molina and Pujols would probably be
7: two guys at the top of that list at the top of the list and we've seen it you know we we saw it in the back back backfields when they had a chance to hit and hit and hit they were not sitting apart from from the minor leaguers or anybody who was there they were sitting in the dugout talking to the guys talking to the managers talking to the coaches and again talking to those guys and even if they don't talk to you You just listen the way they talk to each other it's baseball all the time and just from listening you'll learn from those two guys
2: all right so what do you like about this team from what you've seen aside from them being loose and and what would be a concern
7: my concern the pitching you know but then again every other team has to be concerned about pitching throughout the league but we don't care about those guys. We care about the Cardinals. the the good thing i The good thing I see about the pitching, and maybe a little concern, is it's early in the season. You have a chance to to fix your pieces, to to fix that puzzle, and put something together that is going to help you to start the season. Hopefully, it works out. And then midway through there, if you feel the need for a trade, then go on and 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 get somebody out there if there's somebody available. That's my concern. the the starting pitching. You know, hopefully Jack comes back soon Alex Reyes we don't really know when he's coming back those two guys we were they were pretty much penciled in to be starters but what we have we've seen Woodford he's doing a good job we've seen Wainwright he is Wainwright Michael I like the way Michael his approach his attitude he again you know maybe the, the word of, of this spring training is loose because Michael is very loose he seems content. He seems happy. And he knows that if he has a good a good season this year, then his career in the big leagues will expand throughout. That's the one thing that worries me a little bit. And what I like is a young team eager to continue. You know, the Cardinals have been in the playoffs for a few years now in a row. Arenado second season, Goldschmidt again here. Those guys tasted a little bit of, of success last season. Let's have more success this season. And those guys leading you with Yachty. With Pujols, with Wainwright, and the young guys behind, I think we have, we, we, we are—we uh, are ahead. We are going to have a long season ahead of us, and I mean, throughout, perhaps all the way until early November.
2: Well, that's what I was counting on. I mean, I don't know about you. I, I kind of pencil that <laughs> yeah, in. Yeah, I'm
7: not, I'm not planning vacations this year. Last year, a lot of people were like, oh, you know, what are you doing October 2nd? What are you doing October 3rd? Oh, you know, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. Next thing you know, the, the, the team gets hot and everybody's canceling trips. So that, that was fun.
2: <laughs> I made that mistake in 2006 when I thought we would have done is fried chicken. But, hey, you know, the other thing about, you mentioned the pitching. This bullpen has a chance to be really special We know Giovanni Gallegos did a phenomenal job. Jordan Hicks has been terrific down here. Cabrera has been very solid. TJ McFarland, he's moving up in the, in the ladder as well as a lefty. There's some guys in the bullpen I really like and some guys we've seen the minor
7: league kids that I think might be ready to break through coming out of the bullpen. There's a few. There's a few out there that, that are ready to go. I mean, I was surprised to see uh, Oviedo and especially Junior Fernandez. Fernandez, to me, had a really good spring. You know, they send him down to AAA. I, we understand. It's a numbers game. I, I hope. We see him back up soon. If obviously, if he does a good job in Triple A, I really like Junior. You know, I I think he can do a great job. Oviedo, obviously, we know last season he he was having a, a tough time keeping the ball in the strike zone, and that's why he was up and down, up and down. Do not sleep on Jake Woodford. I know that you know here with the Cardinals, we like to bring guys up for the bullpen. That guy last year, he was bullpen, he was starting, and he was a key factor at the end to rest some of the guys and to push some of the guys. So Helsley also coming back. Helsley lost a little weight, the same as Hicks, but they didn't lose velocity and movement. And those two guys, Woodford, Helsley, Hicks, I think can be can be very uh, important and key parts of that bullpen. And, of course, you have the Cabreras, the Gallegos, like you said, the McFarlands. Those guys are there. They're ready. They show up to come ready. Gio with a new pitch. Cabrera with the new pitch, it's like they they were talking to each other. It's like, hey, what do you have? Oh, I'm working on a slider. I'm working on a changeup. Now you see them, one throwing a lot of heat like Cabrera, the other a little more finesse with Gio. I think the bullpen is going to be, again, a really good part of this uh, Cardinal team.
2: Final question for Polo Asensio, uh, Cardinal broadcaster on the Spanish side. Albert, he's back. It's a different era, different time. What do you look for? What do you think is a realistic expectation from him? Realistic expectation is for him
7: to produce, and he is here to produce, obviously. He looks better than he did when we saw him last year. He sure does. He sure does. He lost a lot of weight. He looks happy. Like, you know, I had a chance to talk to him yesterday, like you said, on the Spanish side, and his smile is there. Yeah. And when somebody's happy, that's infectious. You know, when when somebody sees you happy, and, and the first day when he showed up, when he was introduced to the media and the fans, well game was over over at at roger Dean stadium everybody's about to go home where's albert hitting where's yadi hitting a couple of the guys they already took a shower they were ready to go home they they noticed the two the two old guys hitting they stayed and hit some more so that is what he's going to bring a culture of let's work work some more and then when you think you're done let's work some more i think that's very important for this young team to understand that, yeah, you might have a bad day uh, on the field, you might have a really good day on the field, but there's always room to improve. From the bench, as a DH, and perhaps a spotting uh, goals me once or twice a year because we know he doesn't like to take days off, I think Albert is going to be very important for this team. I think so.
2: I am looking forward to you and I tipping a glass of something good Water. in early November. Lemonade. Yeah, something along
7: that line. As long as it's cold. <laughs> Polo, have a great season, Thank my friend. You, you too. Thank you so much. And again, thanks, thanks for all the support. And don't forget, you can listen to us in Spanish, 880 La Tremenda, Polo Asensio, Benjamin Molina, all home games, your Cardenales en Español, Todos los juegos en casa, ahí los esperamos. Gracias, mi amigo. A usted, señor.
0: And again, Mike Claiborne with Cardinals broadcaster Polo Asensio. Yachty and Waino, back for another season. We know that. And, of course, these have been legendary Cardinals careers. And I remind you, coming up this Saturday, April 9th, 25,000 fans ages 16 and up will take home one of four mystery Wainwright and Molina jerseys. That's courtesy of Coca-Cola and Walmart. For tickets, visit cardinals.com promotions. Stick around. we got a lot to tell you about. You know, the last couple of years have been a little disdainful. Jointed when it comes to the normal Cardinals care events. Uh, They've got some really cool ones coming your way in the early part of the season. We'll tell you about those when we come back on the Countdown to Opening Day Show, presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. All back in on the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Ameren here on the Cardinals Radio Network. Mike Claiborne is doing all the work down in Jupiter. I'm Kevin Wheeler doing everything back in St. Louis. and Obviously, we'll all be at the ballpark tomorrow for opening day, and we're very much looking forward to that. Now, obviously, we have games coming up. These are the big things that all of us baseball fans are looking forward to. But the Cardinals are, are yes, about games, but they're also about more than that. They're a lot about community engagement, helping out. Uh, all different ways in the community. They have great events to help us do that. And Michael Hall, the vice president of community relations and the executive director of Cardinals Care, is the man behind a lot of those efforts. He's with us here on the countdown to Opening Day show. Michael, first of all, thank you for doing this. Second of all, Happy New Year! Baseball comes tomorrow.
8: Yes, yes. Thanks for having me, Kevin. It's uh, such an exciting time. I I, I can't wait, and uh, I really appreciate your time.
0: You know, we were we were joking off air. You know that, that it's great to be something back to normal, right? Full capacity. You know, we can do the the Cardinals opening day the way that we want to do the opening day with a big crowd and the Hall of Famers and everything else. But I got to believe that that same theme holds true with the events that you guys are, that, that you guys put, that put together for uh, Cardinals care, that it's been a disruptive couple of years, but it looks like this year we're starting to get things back in order, starting with the 5K.
8: Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great point. It, it, we have had to make adjustments, just like everyone else. And uh, going into this year, we feel like we're we're back on track, if you will, towards towards our normal events. Um, the five k is coming up, and it's it's a great event that we started really two years ago. So unfortunately, we weren't. We've never been able to have this event in person. We've had it the last two years uh, virtually. Um, in the past. Cardinals Care, we did a 6K, mm-hmm. uh, but this event is uh, in conjunction with our partner, uh, Bally Sports. and Bally, it's actually their event. They host this run, oh nice, and the run is, is to support Cardinals Care, Redbird rookies, and in, in, in particular, as well as Girls on the Run St. Louis. So Cardinals Care and Girls on the Run split the proceeds evenly. Awesome. And it's and it's Bally's event, and so they they. They originated or started it two years ago, and we unfortunately weren't able to do it in person, but they were like, hey, we can do it virtually. And our other partner, Big River Race Management, they're the ones that kind of do the race in the background for us and they do such a great job and the last two years it has been virtual but this year we're excited to be able to have it in person
0: looking forward to it and i should point out that people can find out more at cardinals.com slash 5k uh and as a part of all this right just for being involved and participating uh you can get the the quarters that pull over uh there's going to be a, a, a commemorative medallion that that is about hall of famer bob gibson right
8: that's correct, yeah. So this, this year's event, uh there's a really nice looking pullover. I think it looks great. It's it's two two tone, the bottom half is red and the mm. top half is white. Um, this year we are uh, celebrating Bob Gibson. Last year it was it was Lou Brock who was on the commemorative uh, medallion that mm-hmm. you received for finishing. And so we start outside of the ballpark. We start by the Stan Musial statue, and then the, it's a 5K. The race ends on Clark Street near basically at, at Gate 5 okay. on Clark Street. And then after the race, the participants will have an opportunity to come into the ballpark and walk a lap around the warning track inside on the field, and we're calling it a victory lap. And so (laughs) then we'll come back out, and across the street over at Ballpark Village, all of our partners will be involved there, and we'll have some entertainment from the stage, and Todd Thomas will be a part of that, which fans uh, are familiar with him. They may know him better as that one guy Mm -hmm. who does a lot at the ballpark for us. He does such a great job, and so there will be some post-event activities as well.
0: All right, so that's april sixteenth cardinals dot com slash five k and I know we're saying that you know in the past you know, like last year for example uh this was almost all done virtual well now you can still do this virtually if you can't be downtown right
8: that's correct that's that's a great point if you're unable to join us if you're not able to be here on the sixteenth you can still sign up and do it virtually and still support the two foundations that that are the recipients of the of the proceeds. Um, we do have quite a few fans that aren't able to be here on the 16th. Or the you know the the nice thing, if if you can say it that way, the I guess I should say one of the things we learned during the pandemic by having it virtually is it, it you know it obviously gives fans, Cardinals fans all over the country, really all over the world the opportunity to participate in something without having to be here at the ballpark. And so uh, we got a lot of positive feedback from that. And so even though we knew, or at least we're hoping that we would be able to be in person this year, we still wanted to have the virtual element to the event. That's awesome.
0: So that's April 16th and then May 2nd, the Ted Savage RBI Golf Classic. And I, I know that these events are popular. Um, and, again, good to be able to do all of these things and get some Cardinals legends together with the public and raise some money for the RBI program, which I, I, I'm a huge fan of. I mean, I, I'm involved in youth coaching, uh, Michael, and I know that there are a lot of challenges in, in, uh, in the inner cities in some places because it, it just takes money and it takes you know resources. And they don't always have that. So I'm a really big fan in particular of the RBI program.
8: Yeah. And RBI is, is an MLB initiative. And for those who don't know it, it stands for reviving baseball in the inner city. And, uh, we, we, being Cardinals Care, have supported the RBI program for years, and um, we have had this golf tournament, which was started by Ted Savage specifically to help raise funds to mm-hmm. support RBI. And so we continue this tradition, and uh, it'll be our second year at Norwood. The first year, we were, it was back in 2019, so we haven't been able to have this event since 2019. Um, and it's it's a fun event. It's really exciting, you know, to have uh, the public, as you mentioned, be a part of the event with our Cardinal celebrities and Cardinal legends that participate. Um, you know, Norwood Hills is a great partner. Uh, they allow us to use both of their courses as we, we try to fill the tournament, and um, you know, it's just a fun day. And and after the event, there's you know, some hors d'oeuvres and some drinks and you get to sit down, and, and this year, we'll get to hear from our president of baseball operations, he'll he'll have a little bit of a Q&A post, post-golf.
0: So we all know what these things are about. You get great guys out there with fun personalities, uh, the former Cardinals players out there. And, of course, this is more than just a golf outing, right? I mean, you get to golf, and that's going to be at Norwood Hills Country Club, but you get a chance to come to the ballpark too.
8: Yeah, yeah. We try to... To make it a little fun, you know, the day before, uh, we're, we're home. And so if you sign up for a foursome, we actually do foursomes and fivesomes. So the the foursome's traditional, as golfers know, but the fivesome we do, um, for the opportunity to play with a celebrity. Uh, in the past, we've we've understand and know that some groups would prefer just to play as a foursome, right. and some groups right. are excited to play with celebrities. But at the end of the day, you'll get to mix with, and mingle with everybody as we're all in the same place. But the day before, we host all the participants here at the ballpark, and we have a suite, and we do what we call the uh, – we, we do a draw, a random drawing of who the folks that are playing with celebrities, who their actual celebrity will be. And so that's a lot of fun. We did that in 2019. That went over really well. Um, and people, you know, they were really excited. They, they come up, they draw a, a, an envelope that doesn't have anything on it, a blank envelope. They open the envelope and that, that celebrity name is nice. in the envelope. So we make a fun day out of it the day before, get a chance to come to the park, enjoy the ballpark, enjoy the game, and then play some golf the next day. Great guys
0: on there too. Uh, Jimmy Edmonds, Alan Bennis, Al Roboski, one of my personal favorites, Scott Terry. If you get with him, you're going to laugh the entire round. you have a good time <laughs> as you go around and of course jason isringhausen ray lang for a lot of great guys are going to be involved in that that's may 2nd cardinals.com slash rbi golf now those are our events but we got a couple other things going on if i'm if i'm remembering this correctly michael we've got uh the 50 50 raffles that continue into this year and the silent auction that's coming up uh what right right this weekend right
8: that's correct. So we can start with the auctions. The the auctions are what we do here at the ballpark typically on Tuesdays and Fridays. Every Tuesday, Friday home game, we have several stations throughout the ballpark that we set up with our volunteers who are – I can't say enough about our volunteers. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. And um, we set up with different memorabilia. All of our memorabilia is signed and authenticated. Um, and if it's not authenticated, it's definitely uh, – you know that in advance. But because – one of the things that we've also moved towards doing with the auctions because of the pandemic is now our auctions are also live online. Mm. So you don't, in the past, you could only bid on our items in the ballpark when now they're online. And so the other nice thing about it is if you are in the ballpark, you don't have to get up and go back and forth to the table and make sure someone hasn't increased their bid over yours. You can do it all from your phone, you can, you can raise your bid from your phone, um, and of course if you're not able to be at the park that night, you can do it from home. And so for the first weekend, we're going to open our our bidding at 9 a.m. Um, on Thursday, uh, on opening day the 7th, and it'll close at 9 p.m. on Sunday. So. That one auction will be open the entire weekend. Great. And uh, we think that's just a great opportunity for fans to just get alchemated with it and get an opportunity to see how it works. But normally on Tuesdays and Fridays, the bidding will open at 9 a.m. that day, and it will close at 9 p.m. that same day.
0: That's awesome. And, again, that's cardinals.com slash auctions for anybody that wants more information. And that sounds like it's basically the same deal, Michael, for the Cardinals 50-50 as well, that it's you have the options to do it either in person or online.
8: Yes, that's correct. And, and 50-50 is really picking up. And, and it's not just here at our ballpark for sports fans that go to all the all- Different kinds of sporting events, you probably come across a 50/50, um, and it's basically you pay for an opportunity to to have a number pulled, and if your number's pulled, you win. You take half of the pot, and in this case, Cardinals Care gets the other half. And so, we will do it this this weekend coming up for opening day. We'll start that again at 9 a.m on opening day, and we will close that on Sunday at the end of the seventh inning. Um, So we'll do a whole weekend-long 50-50, which will be exciting with opening day and the opening weekend, so that pod hopefully will get pretty high and and, and one lucky fan will get a chance to win. And that also is online, as you mentioned. Um, The difference with 50-50 – uh, because of the lottery laws and such, you have to be in the state of Missouri in order to purchase online okay. if you're not in the ballpark. You literally have to be in Missouri in order to purchase
0: Makes a lot of sense. It's good to know that in advance. And anybody that needs info, that whether it's finding out those kind of rules or anything about how you can do it, cardinals.com slash fifty fifty. Well, it sounds like you're going to be pretty busy. <laughs> We're all going to be busy with opening day tomorrow and the season starting up. But obviously, you got a lot on your plate. We appreciate you taking the time out to let us know about all of the details here. And we'll look forward to catching up again soon, Michael.
8: Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate your support.
0: And again, that's Michael Hall, the Cardinals Vice President of Community Relations and the Executive Director of Cardinals Care. All right, one more segment to go before we get to the 2022 season. Mike Claiborne and I have some final thoughts next. It's the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron on the Cardinals Radio Network. Final two minutes of the Countdown to Opening Day show presented by Amron here on the Cardinals Radio Network, not just for today's show, Claibs, uh, but for the offseason, opening day is tomorrow. And, you know, we all know that injuries can cause problems and maybe change plans. But I'd say that, to me, this looks like a playoff team coming into the regular season.
2: I would agree with you on that. I, I look at this team, their defense is certainly going to win some games for them. Their offense is much longer than what we've seen in the past. And mm-hmm. I think we've seen some guys break through. And when you look at the division, the Cardinals, Milwaukee, Milwaukee's got really good pitching. Yeah, they do. Their yep. offense is still kind of a question mark. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen them. We don't know what Yellich looks like. They lost mm-hmm. Garcia in the offseason. So if they can get a little bit more offense, especially in that ballpark, Whew. they're going to be in postseason play. you
0: got to do a little homework if you're going to compare the Cardinals' offense to Milwaukee's or anybody else's. I looked this up a week ago, Klabes, looking at ballpark neutralized numbers, so the, the numbers that account for where you play your home games mm-hmm. and where you play your road games. They were tied for the 11th best offense in baseball last year. In OPS plus, which is again just park adjusted OPS, yeah. ahead of the Yankees, one point behind the Dodgers, but again eleventh in all of Major League Baseball, and I, I, you wouldn't think that by looking at the normal numbers. But Bush Stadium's tough for hitters, and it yeah. makes the numbers look less than what they would be otherwise.
2: Bush Stadium, two and three were always pitchers' ballparks. Mm-hmm. I wasn't well. I was I, Sportsman's Park. I went to that. That was yeah. That was kind of a pitcher's park too. Yeah. So for them to be that consistent and find themselves in the upper echelon really says a lot about the makeup and how they can produce runs.
0: And, of course, we know a lot of it came in the second half, but that Mm -hmm. was when when the lineup was finally healthy.
2: Yeah, and they made some adjustments, and we saw a good result out of it.
0: Well, we're looking forward to it, Claves. Great stuff all spring. We appreciate your work down in Jupiter. Uh, We'll look forward to hearing you and Ricky and John on the calls of the game this year. Let's get it going. I will
2: see you in the clubhouse in October when we win the whole thing. Oh, I like that.
0: I like the sound of that a lot. Of course, the Cardinals and the Brewers looking like they're probably going to be in a two-team race in the Central Division this year. We'll look forward to seeing how it all plays out. Many thanks to all of you for tuning in during the Countdown to Opening Day show. Enjoy Opening Day tomorrow here on the Cardinals Radio Network.